Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I'm telling you, the past two months for Crosswalk have been really interesting, and I think because of the message series that we've had. Uh, No help at all was one of them, and now this one's called A Place for Me. And the reason why, I think, as I look at this and I try to take a step back and look at how many people have been affected by this is because No Help at All and A Place for Me really is about helping people who are on the, I'll call them on the margins, that, that individuals who are going through difficult times, uh, whether it be with, with drug and alcohol addiction, mental illness, those who uh, could be another group that maybe those who aren't as certain about their faith as, as they wish they were, or maybe they think they should be, or they don't know because of their past whether church is a place where they can come and get help. That, that has resonated. And what we have found out is people are hurting, all of us. None of them are exempt from this type of pain. And for that reason, as we apply the gospel of Jesus Christ to that pain and have him walk with us, it it is unbelievably comforting to have that love of Christ with us. And and it's a place where I've seen tremendous growth uh, in the congregation as well. But as we go back, a number of people have asked me questions about, about the series. And one of the questions that I get most is, Pastor, you said that you were the eighth grade MVP of your basketball team. We'd like to know more about that. Could you tell us more about your, your physical accomplishments throughout grade school and high school? And I'm just telling you, I'm here to give you what you want today. I will, I will share a little bit about that with you. As I said, and, and it's been well documented, I was the MVP of my eighth grade basketball team. And then, as I went to high school, it was the basketball coach who... who who pretty much encouraged me and said, Dan, you know, MVP, you should probably quit on top and maybe think about a different career. You can go all for basketball, but I'm going to bet you don't make the team. And so, again, I, I decided to go out on top. And that's when I happened to notice wrestling a little bit. And I, rest, and I noticed specifically a, a wrestler that I had seen, and his name is Terry Jean Balea. Have you, raise your hand if you have ever heard of him before. Yeah, you guys know who he is. Perhaps the rest of you know him by his other name, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, the Hulkster. And this was right about the time when I was in starting high school is when the Hulk wrestled Andre the Giant for the first time and won. And Hulkamania took over. And that's when I realized, you know what? I think I would like doing that. I think wrestling is for me. And so uh, I went and I talked to the wrestling coach and I told him, you know, I really haven't wrestled before, uh, but I think it's something I would like and I think it's something that I would be good at. And he said, all right, if you want to come try out wrestling, come do it, Dan. And I just remember going, I got there, I I got my singlet, I got my headgear given to me the first day, and then went to that first practice. 
and received my first lesson in humility very quickly. Where, first of all, I didn't even know where to stand. What, where, did, where does your foot have to be to start? Uh, what, is, what is this talking? There's a, a down position, and I don't even know what that means. But I have wrestled my brothers before. Uh, and, and then they told me, all those moves you do on your brother really aren't legal. And, and if you do those and you continue to do those, you are going to be disqualified from the match. And so that first week, we went and uh, the coach taught some basic techniques for, for the new people like me. But after a week, I was done. I'm like, this is stupid. This is no good. This is no fun. I don't need to come in here and get beaten repeatedly by guys who weigh 30 pounds less than me. I don't need this. And that's when the coach told me, oh, I don't know if you realize that it's part of our high school sports policy that once you start a team, you are not allowed to quit. And if you do quit, you are not allowed to participate in the next season's sports programs. It's like, are you kidding me? I guess I'm, I'm staying. And, and so what happened over that time period was it went from being humble to saying, okay, now I need to learn some lessons here. And what I learned very quickly in wrestling is that technique trumps strength. It just does. That, that when you go in there and, and you're beginning these matches and you are beginning to wrestle, if you're going to just go in there and try to use your own strength to beat the other person, you are going to get destroyed. And not only that, but they're going to use it against you. And, and sometimes the harder you go at them, the worse position you are in. And the more likely it is that you're going to be not only beaten, but beaten more quickly. And so it, it was during that time that, that all of a sudden I began to change and, and realize there's something to learn here. And so I did. I, I began to understand the, the technique and, and understand that going for the single leg might be better than going for the pin right away and, and slowly working through it. It also made me laugh because I thought a wrestling match is six minutes long. Are you kidding me? An NFL game is 60 minutes. Six minutes, this is no, nothing. You're not even going to work up a sweat. Until 30 seconds in to my first wrestling match, I realized, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. Again, if you know anything about wrestling, you know that, that you are in for a rude awakening when it comes to wrestling, and you need to put away these illusions of a quick knockout and, and, and all these other sensational things that you see on uh, you know, the World Federation of Wrestling or whatever it is you're watching on TV, that this is different. And, and when you do this, you, you begin to, to learn lessons about character, hard work, discipline, self-control, restraint, resilience, humility, and what it's like to be challenged, truly challenged, as you stand alone with no excuses, no teammates to blame, and you learn to own things. And so as, as we think about that, it, it makes me think about, uh, there are groups in Levine who do this, and Levine Wrestling is one of them. 
uh, that we have Steen and, Steve and Veronica Ween who are very involved in that, who are members of our church, who, who bring kids up from a young age, teaching them these lessons. Levine Karate, that we have Marcel and Claudine Delaney, who, who at 27th and Southern have a place where they do their karate as well. Teaching these lessons and these disciplines that are so important to learn at a very young age. Well, the reason why I bring this up today is because today we're talking about wrestling with God. And as we look at this, what I've found is there are many individuals here who don't understand wrestling. That when it comes to wrestling God, what they really mean is they want to go in and get what they want from God, and they're looking for some type of a a knockout punch. They're looking for this, they're fighting with God, and and they're saying, I'm going to find a way to take him down to get what I want. And so today, if if you come in, and, and today you are angry with God, and today you are fighting with God, I'm willing to put all my money today on God. That, that if you go in, and, and you go in like I did as a freshman in high school with no technique, no understanding of wrestling, no understanding of what you're even, God is trying to teach you through the, the wrestling, you are going to find yourself on your back constantly. You are going to, to be trying harder and, and finding out that trying harder just makes it worse. And then you're going to get to a point where you just want to quit. That you're like, you know what, this, is, this isn't for me. I'm just done with this. I'm telling you, as long as you're living in this world, you can't quit. Because life continues. And as life continues, so does the wrestling match. And so are the things that you are going to face. And so, so today, as we, we come here, my, my goal maybe as we begin today is that you begin to learn some technique for wrestling God. Because what we're going to find today is someone who wrestled God and won. And when you hear that, it's not about his strength, it's not about how great a person he was, but we want to look at his technique. How do I go and wrestle God in such a way that that I can gain all the things he wants me to gain from the match, from the wrestling itself? So we start, and where we're going is Genesis chapter 32. And in Genesis chapter 32 is an individual named Jacob. Uh, If you don't know anything about Jacob, but just a a quick start, he was a twin. Uh, He fought with his brother Esau constantly. He was constantly being deceptive with Esau and angling because Esau was the older brother. Jacob wanted the the birthright. He wanted uh, all the things that came with being the older brother. So he he deceived his, his brother, his dad. It got so bad that he had to run away because Esau was going to kill him. It was there then for about 20 years. He was with his uncle Laban, uh, married two sisters, and then there, there are two uh, servants besides. So the guy's got four wives, 12 sons. And, and then in, with Laban, it fell apart. They had to run away from where they lived there. Then Laban came and was going to attack him and, and take back what he said was his. And the Lord intervened. And the Lord intervened for him there with Laban and said, Laban, you leave him alone. I have blessed him. But then what happened is, is Jacob couldn't go back. 
He had to go forward, and the only way forward was to go and deal with Esau, his brother, who had said he was going to kill him. And, and now is where we get to where this is finally coming to a head. 20 years later, he's having to deal with the mess that he had left with his brother. And this is what it says. Jacob also went on his way after leaving with Laban, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. I don't know what that means necessarily. I don't. That, that as you look at it, we're, we're told when he left, there was a place called Bethel, which was the house of God, where he saw a stairway going back and forth to heaven, that, that he received that vision. And now this one, basically, I think the point of it was, Jacob, as you are going, you are being protected. And he was given the privilege of seeing the spiritual guardians that were there, in essence, telling him, you know what, Jacob? It's going to be okay. The promises that I have made to you, I am going to keep. But then, just a few verses later, he had sent messengers to Esau with gifts and to kind of feel Esau out of where he was at. And these messengers came back. And this is what they said. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau and now he is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. 400 men, that's an army. 400 men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the other group that is left may escape. And so what he did in this moment was the the Jordan River ran north and south, but on the other side, there was another river called the Jabbok River. And so what he did was he put half of his uh, family on one side and half on the other. And the idea was that if Esau came with his men, that Jabbok would kind of divide which group they would go after. And at least part of these people would get away. Jacob was expecting a massacre. And, And he thought, this is now Esau's way of getting back at me and destroying. And as it said, he was in great fear. The first fill-in, our wrestling match with God begins when life circumstances, when life circumstances contradict God's promises. When life's circumstances contradict God's promises. And I know many of you are there right now. And the reason why I know, number one, is because you're here today, that that something is going on that that you're dealing with and and you're coming here for some type of help. And the other reason I know that is because I read and I pray your prayer requests. And so your wrestling match might be in the shape of, as you look at what's going on in your life and what God promises, that some of that might be going on within your marriage or another relationship, a family relationship where you're like, okay, this is, God has promised this, that, that as I live for him, this is going to happen, but, but now what we're going through is, is miserable. We don't know if we're going to make it through this. Or even worse, maybe it, it already has gotten to a point where, where there is a, a break in the family, that there's a divorce. You're trying to make it through that, and you're like, where are the promises? 
Where are the promises from my spouse? Where are the promises of God? And now all of a sudden there, there's this collision of, of what I'm going through and what I feel and what God says. And I, I'm living in that place and, it, and it's making me miserable. It's kicking my butt. Maybe it's a health issue. That as you look at this, that, that you're, just, you're wrestling with the health. You're like, God has promised to be with me and never forsake me. And yet I'm, I'm dying here, literally sometimes. Where, where I go, where is this help? Where is God in the midst of this? I need this help. In any type of pain that you might be going through. All of these. All of these are times when we look at this. And probably the biggest thing in that we wrestle with is this truth. If God is almighty... And God knows what's going on. He sees me in the midst of this. Human reason says he should be able to do something about it, but he's not. And the wrestling match begins. We continue. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Let's start with the the first part. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the fort of the Jabbok. Benjamin, the last one of the sons of the 12 sons of Israel, 12 sons of Jacob, had not been born yet. And as you you go through those words, hopefully they make you stop and go, hold it. Two wives and then two servants that he had children with as well, that's messed up. And you know what? It is messed up. And and so as you look at this, and especially just because in our our society today it is so prevalent that, that there are families that, that have had divorce as a part of it. And so because of that, there might be a situation where after the divorce, there has been a remarriage. And so you know that tension as the kids kind of go back and forth, what that is like. Now imagine that you had four ex-wives and all of them lived together, and so did all of the kids. No wonder Jacob went to the other side of the river alone. That he's like, I just need to get out of here. This is driving me crazy. And now it's a pressure situation. It's not only a pressure on, on Jacob, but it's a pressure on the family. Your brother, I'm sure they knew the story. And now you know what's happening, Jacob? is because of the way you've lived your life. You know who's going to pay? These little children. Our kids are paying for your mistakes, Jacob. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. And, and, and in the midst of this, he did. He needed to get alone. He, he needed to be alone. And this was definitely a time where he's like, you know what? I need to think about this. I need to pray about this. Um, I just need to be alone. And so as he's there, another just kind of a mystery thing. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. What, some guy shows up? You know, wrestling position, go. And, and so what's, what's happening here is it's showing there's a physical and a spiritual component to the wrestling. And I know you know that. 
that you are never in a wrestling match with the things that I've talked about. They're never just spiritual. Your wrestling match with God is never just spiritual because what you're dealing with then, the physical part, is all the fallout from it that, that you're having to de- deal with. If you're dealing with divorce and, and the ex, ex you, you have issues with the courts. You have all the, the costs that it is paying the lawyers, let alone the decisions that are going to be made. That if you're going through the health issues, it's not only that you feel bad, but you have mounting medical bills that you can't pay. And in the midst of that, you're, you're trying to simply find health first. I don't care what it is that you're going through, that if you are wrestling with God, there is a physical and a spiritual component to it. And, and it is game on as you try to figure out what it is even in the moment that you're feeling. Is this emotional? Is this spiritual? Is it physical? And the answer is probably yes. It's a mixture of all of them. Now, in the blank, you can write, at some point, you need to stop running and rationalizing past mistakes. The first part of of the wrestling match is that you stop running. You get in the ring. And you say, you know, and that's what Jacob had done. This was his track record. He had run away from Esau. He had run away from Laban. That his whole life had been one of running and running and running. And then the other part is rationalizing. I'm a victim. This is what has happened to me. It's not me. It's everyone else doing this to me. And I'm telling you that as you look at the things you're facing in your life, stop it. Stop running. Stop running away. Stop rationalizing. Stop self-medicating. Whatever it is. It's time to have this wrestling match. And the next fill-in, the wrestling match is coming between you and God. It's between you and God. I will never forget the first time I was in a wrestling match on a high school level that was an official match. And as you go out to the center... All of your teammates, all of the other teammates, all of the crowd is there. And it is an unbelievable feeling of being alone. And, and especially if you have any fear of failure, <laughs> that's it. Because from the time of the weigh-in, you're trying to figure out which guy you're wrestling. You know, which person you're wrestling and going, okay, I, I don't know, he looks pretty tough. Um, or that's what you're doing. You're always analyzing the, the enemy and, and saying, okay, who is, who is it going to be? And now as we look at this and, and the problems you're facing, that in these wrestling matches that we're probably already to the point where we realize they're too big for me, that I can't, this stinks, man. I'm getting my butt kicked all of the time by this. And maybe the first part of it for you to understand is, There's the situation you are in, but the situation is not what you're wrestling. God is the one you are wrestling. Let's go to the next verses. So the wrestling match goes on through the night. When the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Let's do the first fill-in right away. In the match you fight, God is your opponent. Sorry, that's a small blank there. God is your opponent. 
but not your enemy. God is your opponent, but not your enemy. All right, back in the wrestling days, back to, back to high school. And this is now when I was a junior and a senior, wrestling varsity. I knew what I was doing. And, and it happened in practice usually is that you would, you would get in groups of four. And then one person would wrestle one person for two minutes, then the second, then the third. So you're getting a fresh partner every two minutes. And, and the purpose is to, to continually wear you down. So I remember the good old days when I would wrestle Joda Schaumburg. And if, if you don't know Joda, he's, now he's like six foot, 200 pounds. I don't want to wrestle him anymore. But when we went to high school, he was 105. I, maybe even 98 your, fre- 98 your freshman year. And I was 138. So when it was, you're wrestling the 98 pounder when you're 138. Remember what I said about technique? You don't need that much. Um, you, it is, you can rely on strength, that you're, you're looking at that. You can do very bad techniques sometimes, and you can get away with it. But then what would happen every once in a while is the coach would come in and take that guy's two minutes. So you're looking forward to the nice, okay, I only have two minutes left against 105, and I think our coach weighed like 270. at least. Anyways, the days of overpowering were over. This was about technique, and what he would do purposefully is that if he saw us coming in with our head down too much or our head up too much, he would just knock us down. And it was this, as our opponent, that he's doing this, and we would get so mad at him. And what he was doing is teaching us, you have horrible technique, And if you go in against someone in your weight class doing this, you are going to get your butt kicked. And so in in those moments, our coach was our opponent, but he was not our enemy. He was our opponent, but he was teaching us so many valuable lessons about what we needed as for the wrestling matches we would have in the future. Understand, in these matches, you are wrestling with God. And he is not going to let you get away with bad technique. The bad technique, there there are issues in your life you can handle. And you can bully your way through. You can push your way through. You can deal with people who are weaker than you. You You can get your way many times. But there are matches that you are going to have where if you rely on that technique, you are going to get your butt kicked. And you're going to be laying there defeated. God loves you too much to let that happen. So what is the object that Jacob has? The object of the match, don't let go. (laughs) Do not let go. Do not let go of God. I'm just telling you, this is the the wrestling technique that you need to learn. Jacob's go-to move was running away from God. What God is trying to teach us through all of these things is grab on to me as tightly as you can and do not let go. Do not let go of me. Let's go to the next one. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans 
and have overcome. And now what is happening here, do you know, is he comes in as Jacob, and, he, and Jacob means deceiver, and he was, he was called that. It means the heel grabber. It means the one who's always trying to get ahead, the, the one who's always trying to get an angle, the one who's always looking to posture himself in the best position to get what he wants. And he's like, those days are over. You're, you're going through a name change. Your name now is Israel because you have wrestled and contended with God and with people And now you understand the technique. Now you understand what you need to do. And that is hold on to me. You need to trust me. Put all of your hope, all of it on me, and you will not be disappointed. In the blank you can write, in my wrestling match or matches with God, I come out the other side a different person than I was before it happened. Please tell me you see this in your life. Please tell me that as you look at the biggest misery of your life, that as you go back at it, I I, I do, there are times when I look back and I say, if I would have known what I was going to go through when I was older, when I was younger, oh my gosh, I don't know if I would have been ready for it. But as I look back now at probably the times that were the darkest and the most painful in my life, They've defined me in in those ways that I've talked about with the wrestling match. They bring Christian character. We learn discipline, self-control, restraint, being resilient, trusting in God, laying hold of his promises, leaving room for him in our lives. All of those different lessons that we learn are so important. And understanding what you're going through now, as difficult as it is, And again, I talked about some of them in the No Help at All series, in this place for me, what you are going through, you begin to be defined and you begin to be changed into the person that God wants you to be. The next verse is from Genesis, verse 29 and 30. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel because it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. And we'll do that fill in as well. It is only because of Jesus that we can face God, let alone wrestle him. How do I stand face to face before God? Why is it that God is my opponent but not my enemy? And the answer to that is the promises of God, the the promises of forgiveness and love that are found in Jesus Christ. We have no business wrestling with God. If it wasn't for Jesus, this match would over not only be over in a second, but, but Jesus would or God would be both our opponent and our enemy. But it's through the blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that we have through him that God is our friend, that, that he is our ally and not our enemy. And that's such an important thing to remember as you go through the issues that you face in life. God is my ally. One of the things I'm going to do here now is a a little bit of a commercial. And the commercial is for this Saturday. We have Christian Essentials 2. And Christian Essentials 2 is entitled Grow. And what I'm going to call it is Wrestling Technique 101. 
That, that as you look at the, that the technique, if you want to think about the wrestling technique with God, this is the way it works. God wants you to hold on to him. God wants you to wrestle him and win. And here is God's one I was going to say weakness, but I'm going to say move that God is susceptible to. And the move that God is susceptible to, and he wants you to do, just like my coach wanted me to do the move that was going to make me successful, the one move that always works on God, be merciful to me because of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I come to you. God is unbelievably susceptible to humility and confession of sins. Lord, as we come before you, we deserve nothing. I deserve nothing as I stand before you. All of the things that are happening to me, there's one person to blame, and that's me. And so, Lord, as I come before you, as I come to wrestle, I come in humility. That in this wrestling match, in some ways, we, we lay down before him and say, Lord, pin me. I deserve to be pinned right now, and this should be over. But even more than that, it's the promises that God gives. He wants us to lay hold of those promises. And that's why it's so important for us to be able to go back to God's word. In, in our impact groups this week, one of the things we're going to have is individuals in the group are going to be asked to think about one verse a go-to verse that you might have in your walk with Christ, something from the Bible that you go back to as a verse that helps you in difficult times. The one that I'm going to suggest, if, if you don't have one, is, is from Jeremiah. Uh, it, it's a great verse. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Another one, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. That's Psalm 46. Could go on and on because there's tons of them. And what I've found is that as you go through your reading, you don't need to read chapters and chapters at a time of God's word. But just go and you find these wrestling moves and what they are, the promises of God that immediately give comfort to your heart and hope for your life. God wants you to have those. He wants you to lay hold of them and live them in your lives. It's only because of Jesus that we can face God, and it's through Christ that we have the victory in this match of being blessed by God. Then finally, the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. So now from this moment on, Jacob walk, walks like I feel some mornings, <laughs> that he's walking with a limp. You know what that meant? Jacob's go-to move was over. He wasn't running away from Esau. No matter what happened, I don't know who's going to get caught or who's going to get away, but I know who's going to get caught first. You know, it's like the friend you're with, right, walking through. You don't have to be faster than the bear, just faster than the person you're walking with. And, and it's that same type of thing, that, that Jacob now is the one, he is not running away. That now, by virtue of this, Jacob has learned you're not running away. You are going to face these problems. You contend with God and with people. You are going to win. In the blank, you can write, 
Israel was given a trophy for his victory. And notice his name changed from Jacob to Israel. He was given a trophy, and that trophy was his wrenched hip. His limp would keep him from running, would keep him from running and remind him of the true source of his strength. And remind him of the true source of his strength. Again, an encouragement. Getting your butt kicked in a wrestling match is not fun. It's just not. And especially that as I look back to when I started, especially if you're having that happen repeatedly and you're not learning anything. And so my encouragement as you go through this, life is a wrestling match. And, and you're going to run into all these things and all these people that you think are the problem and you think are your enemy. But don't lose the fact that in the midst of this, your opponent, but not your enemy, is God. He's your opponent, but he's also your coach and your savior and the one who loves you most and the one who wants to see you stronger and stronger. And he wants to make you a good wrestler because there are going to be things that all of us face in this life that we contend not only against him, but contend against men as well. But understand that as you continue with this technique, going back to his word, laying hold to his promises, you are ready to to wrestle and win. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, the reality of this is all of us are in a wrestling match, and I think we know that, that whether it be in a day or or in a week or whatever it is that, that... that it's tiring. It, it is. Just all the things that we go through, conflict and, and just wrestling with different things in our lives. Lord, help us to do like Jacob did and, and go be by ourselves for some time. Spend some time with you in this wrestling. And Lord, as we do this, help us understand that it's not just prayer. It's not just talking to you. But Lord, it's also listening to your promises. It's being able to lay hold of the promises that you have given us in Jesus Christ and apply them to to whatever it is that we are facing. Lord, we know that you love us. We know that you care about us. You've you've shown it in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, with, with whatever we are facing, send your Holy Spirit to give us strength in the battle. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. It is a glorious day, and and Christ has saved us from the grave. How awesome is that? Uh, And... A place now. We go back to the wrestling match, back to the mat every day. That's the way it is. And uh, you're not going alone. You're going with the Lord's strength and his power. Uh, just one thing I want to remind you of also is that next week we will have family worship. Uh, so that's special where we bring the kids in and we get to celebrate that because at Crosswalk, there's a place for you and there's a place for them too. And so we're going to celebrate that together. And now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Have a great day.